home of Carson Wentz, Carter Hart, and Joel Embiid. 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Happy Hour Friday. Pete Thompson going to join us in just a second. Happy Hour Friday with the PT. It's brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win in sports betting, you need the right live info. The best website to get it is at OddsTrader.com. Your personal sports betting command center. It's Happy Hour Friday with the PT. We have a plethora of things to get into with the Pete Thompson, Mr. Pete Thompson today. Eagles and Giants at the top of that list. Our poll question is up. At 973 ESPN, you can vote, I was going to say early and often, but you can only vote once. Then your vote is in. Poll question today, how you feeling about this Eagles-Giants game? Eagles win, Eagles win and cover, Giants win. Poll's been moving back and forth. Vote now at 973 ESPN. Let's bring in Pete Thompson, get his thoughts to Happy Hour Friday with the PT, Peter. Michael, how are you? Hunter, happy Friday, boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, that's the poll question today. Eagles win. Eagles win and cover. Giants win. Uh, Eagles, Giants win. We talked about it earlier in the week, PT. Now, I would peg you, all right? Now, I'm an Eagles, Giants week guy. Hunter's an Eagles, Cowboys week guy. I would peg you as an Eagle, Cowboy guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are the one that I get up for the most. I mean, but any of the division games are always, they always seem to be memorable, whether it's uh, Donovan McNabb way back when running all over the Redskins at the time, or whether it's, you know, Eagle Giants had such lore to it by Sakahema punching out the goalpost, a miracle at the Meadowlands, one, two, three, you pick it, right? I mean, you know, I can't believe they punted the ball to him. I mean, all, all kinds of plays. Westbrook, right? Deshaun Jackson, just go across the goal line, USOB, just get across there. I mean, there's all kinds of moments between these two franchises they're going to play on Sunday. Uh, by the way, I picked Eagles win. I didn't pick win and cover. I'm not that bold in my prediction, but I do think they're going to win. All right. In the end, if the Eagles win this division, Peter, the guy who will get the most credit will be blank. Mm. If they win, the guy... No, 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 no. The- if they win the division, in the end, right. if the Eagles end up winning this division... The guy who will get the most credit will be Wentz, Peterson, Schwartz, Roseman. You know, my inclination would be to lean toward Peterson for holding them together in spite of all the obstacles. But I also think that you almost could give some credit to Schwartz, too, for for making sure that they didn't just get blown out each week as they rotated guys in and, and, uh, and have a, you know, they're not world beaters but they're a solid defense and they've certainly been able to get pressure on the quarterback with their sacks so uh, i think schwartz would probably be the guy that i would have to go with how about that hunter he went schwartz that that's my favorite we when got it three, comes to these we got polls. three people in this conversation we all went with something different yeah definitely but I'm, I'm always who intrigued. You go with? i, I want to hear who you guys went with wait a minute <laughs> so i went with doug peterson because i feel you know you could 
I knew it was going to be heavy on Doug and Carson Wentz when we put the poll up, but I went with Doug because if I'm going to criticize Doug Peterson right now for, you know, how the offense looks at time, I get it. Carson Wentz has not been playing well whatsoever, but Doug Peterson is the coach, and right or wrong, it falls on the coach when things start to look ugly. So if I'm going to criticize him now for that being the case, if he is with this team and leading them to win the division, I'm going to have to give him his praise. Who'd you go with, Keel? I went with Howie Roseman, actually. I mean, this team has been decimated by injuries, and for them to be in first place, I get it, the division's not great, but let's just say the division winner was 5-3. and They would still be in this race, whether you like it or not. The division stinks, but even if the the best team was 5-3, and which isn't like, wow, the division's horrible, the division leader's 5-3, and I mean, eight games in, five wins isn't horrible. The Eagles would still be in it, so he has got a ro- He has kept this roster in play for the second half of the season. And the reason I'm leaning towards Schwartz is because their total defense, their tenth in the league in total defense. They're not that great in rush defense, but they make up for it in pass defense. Do you realize? Does anybody realize out there that the Eagles' pass defense is ranked fourth? in the entire NFL right now. That's four. There's only three other teams that are ahead of them in pass defense. Whether you hate the sticks defense or not, whether you don't think, uh, you know, oh, my God, how could that guy get open? They're fourth in pass defense. And, I mean, uh, some of the other numbers, 10th and third down defense, tied for 12th and fourth down defense. You know, the numbers aren't so great when the opposing team gets into the red zone. But overall, I mean, they're doing a decent job on the defensive side of the football. And last year, their pass defense, we all agree that their pass defense was abysmal, horrific at times. And so to have the fourth-ranked pass defense, I think you got to put something toward Jim Schwartz. That's why I pick him. I love that you said that because it feels like maybe we swayed you a bit because we had a recent conversation where you were pretty heavy on Jim Schwartz, and now here you are spitballing stats on how successful he's been to this point. Well, and, you know, of course, he's only as successful as his weapons. He doesn't like to blitz the quarterback, but yet the Eagles' defense is third in sacks. They have 28 sacks. The only teams that have more sacks are Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay right now. Tampa Bay's got 29. Pittsburgh's got 32. They're in the conversation for the best defense via, vis-a-vis the sack. You know, and for in a town that uh, canonized Reggie White and loved, uh, you know, Clyde Simmons and Jerome Brown and that, that, that fearsome defensive line. I don't think the defensive line is currently constructed is getting enough credit. Um, they've been, uh, yeah, I agree, but it's like they haven't just, okay, the Bengals game, the Washington game, those are teams, like Cincinnati has a terrible offensive line. Those are games that I feel that they ha- they should have dominated more. So you're thinking they – oh, I thought you were going to say they padded their stats in those games, which they definitely no, no, did no, not. No, no. You're saying they didn't play well enough in that game. Yeah, I feel – well, I felt that those were games set up for them to really dominate, and I was kind of disappointed they didn't dominate those games. In other words – the Eagles' defense should have been so disruptive because of the line advantage against Cincinnati that that game shouldn't have been as shouldn't have been a tie. They shouldn't have been close. Yeah, and it's been interesting too. Like I think we all agree, Derek Barnett hasn't been the Derek Barnett that we thought he'd be to this point. But then Josh Sweat will make a play, or they bring back Vinnie Curry, but he's behind Brandon Graham. Who Brandon Graham's been quietly having like all pro season. I mean, this guy, uh, borderline you know, Hall of Fame kind of player that he might end his career with the way that he's been playing right now. And and you know what the thing about Brandon Graham is that's so funny is everybody knows, you know, when he used to run off and give Derek Gunn 
crap after the game and always have his banter back and forth. He's such a nice guy to the media that you kind of forget what a beast he is when the switch flips. And, you know, there was another player that Philadelphians loved that played like that who was personable and nice off the field but then became this monster. His name was Dawkins. Yeah, he was pretty good. So, I mean, Brandon Graham, I think, is having this unbelievable season that isn't getting enough credit. Another thing to add on to the whole conversation about the defense specifically early in some of those matchups Carson Wentz was turning the ball over so much. The offense was turning the ball over so much that they were handing the opponents such great field position. So when you look at the game, let's say Washington, for example, yeah, you know what? Washington did score a bunch of points on this defense at one point, and they came back, but that's what happens when you turn the ball over. You put your defense in such horrendous spots. Yeah, I mean, they're giving up almost 26 points per game, Hunter, but you sit back and you look at that week one game against the Washington football game, they gave up 27 points to the Washington football team. That's not a good football team. The Rams are a good football team, and the Eagles sufficiently looked embarrassed in week two. And then to the game that Gil's talking about where they tied the Bengals, which is like kissing your sister, but then as you're just about to write them off and decide they're going to go completely in the crapper, they go out and beat San Francisco in San Francisco. And who saw that coming? I mean, you give up 38 points to a team that is still unbeaten in the Steelers and you give up another 30 to the Ravens you know they're running into this and who knows what's going to happen I mean we still have land there we there are still landmines ahead how dare me put a buck in the box no radio person should ever say we I'm sorry guys week 12 Seattle week 13 Green Bay week 14 the Saints I mean I, I can't uh, put Jim Schwartz in the Eagle Hall of Fame yet I mean there's still some big landmines sitting out there all right so if the team was healthy. Do they? Do you think that they would still be an average to bad football team, or are they five and three, six and two? Had they not gone through all the injuries that they have, uh, the injuries I think are a factor. But I don't. I don't know that I instantly put them at five and three because Carson Wentz is playing so poorly. You know, I, I think that that Carson Wentz. It, it, well, is he playing poorly? Play? Are the injuries? contributing to his poor play or is he the main reason he has played poorly i i actually i'm gonna put it more on him than i am i understand it's a it's a hodgepodge offensive line i understand that's changed but to me i think carson wentz has regressed i certainly hope that the week off has done him well uh you know i mean there's this whole talk this week in the bye week about how Carson Wentz doesn't take accountability for his mistakes and that he's trying to write this off as well. You know, you try playing behind that offensive line and see how you could do. Sometimes, Carson, you have to own it. You have to own the fact that you held the ball too long or you tried to make the hero play when the night, the right play would have been just throwing the ball out of bounds. And, and, and I've seen some discussion this week, and I'm starting to buy into this, about the fact that maybe, you know, the Eagles are letting him get away with that belief of, yeah, you know what, Carson, we really do need to protect you better. No, man. You're the one making the mistakes. You own those things and get better. I feel I'm in the minority when it comes to this, only because I feel the answer is so complex. There's just so many factors. It's not as easy as it's black and white. You know, it's Carson Wentz's fault or it's not Carson Wentz's fault. It's it's Doug Peterson's fault. There's just so many factors into why we have seen a 3-4-1 football team to this point. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, every week it's something different. And and God forbid if this game's close, you know, what What if it comes down to a field goal that gets missed at a key time? You know, that there's a there's a, a 
thing that never gets talked about, that the field goal kicking isn't as consistent as it's been in years past. You know, and uh, uh, Gil used to always make fun of me when I have my fascination with the kicker. But, you know, uh, you see how game, kicking games or special teams can change a football game. I don't know if any, either of you guys watched the Thursday night game last night, but the Titans were completely in that game until they sent out a rookie punter to get his punt blocked right back in his face and defensive touchdown. And then the other series was like a 14-yard punt. I know that's not the kicker, that's the punter, but either way, you know, there's three facets to a football game, and uh, God forbid one of them goes wrong on special teams. I mean, that, that that's just a given. All right, Peter, we got uh, Eagles-Giants this Sunday right here on 97.3 ESPN. If the Eagles win the game, I mean, they're going to be 500. They would have won three games in a row. I mean, would that change our, our outlook on this season? Uh, well, and I heard uh, Jordan Ron on, on earlier saying, like, oh, well, that's it, give him the division. I'm not ready to give him the division at that point. I mean, that, certainly not with that gauntlet that I spoke about earlier. You know, I mean, I, I, I heard you too, Gil, and I agree. I, I feel a lot more optimistic about the Browns game to follow than I did a couple weeks ago when it looked like the Browns were figuring it out. Now it looks like they're going back to the Brownies of old, and, and so that gives me some ease. But, I mean, I'm sorry with that stretch of – Seattle, Green Bay, and the Saints back to back to back. And even you put the Cardinals on top of it. Have you watched Kyler Murray? I mean, that guy is a human highlight. How the hell do you stop him? So you sit there and you really are looking at a four-week stretch of like, you know, you're not favored, you're not favored, you're not favored, probable loss. And then what? You're going to get to week 16 and lick your wounds against whoever's playing quarterback at that point for the Cowgirls and, and, and then week seven. I mean, God forbid if you're coming down to that stretch. So I'm not ready to give them the division just because if they're able to play well against the Giants and pull this one out. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be arguably close, by the way. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. When Gil just mentioned a possible three game win streak, I thought to myself, if they win, and it felt the same way as the win against the Cowboys. I don't know if we will ever feel again such a horrendous three-game win streak. I mean, that would just feel a three-game win streak in the NFL, and it would feel like it did last week against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if we will ever experience that type of win streak again, emotionally, that is. Well, there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, win is a win, not a win. It's when you play so abysmally in the first half against the Cowboys that you feel like you're the worst football team in the entire league and you're fortunate to pull it out, you know. Uh, of the three wins this season, which of the three wins did you feel comfortable the entire time? And the answer is zero. You know, when they got up on the Niners, you still thought, oh, crap, the Niners are going to come back and win this football game. When they got up on the Giants, or they had to rally to come and beat the Giants, and you felt good about that because Carson had rallied and come up short against the Ravens. But then, okay, he rallies and beats the Giants, but you still feel like you shouldn't have been down in the first place. And then you look at the Cowboys one, and they were so abysmal. So you tell me, guys, which of the grand three wins that they hold so far did you walk away from going god damn that was a good win Ooh, that felt great you know i understand the coach speak is always it's tough to win in the nfl and you got to savor a win no matter how you get it but i'm tired of them winning ugly listen i'm not calling for a blowout but i sure would love to see one yeah well i'll tell you what the 49er game i gotta keep you gotta keep in mind that was a pretty impressive I mean, for them to go on the road after – look, I know that 49ers team was banged up, but they weren't as banged up as they kind of are now. But they went on the road. It's tough to win on the West Coast regardless, and they went out there and played pretty well in that game. Yes, and, and Jim Schwartz has the history of that, as you know, Gil. Remember, because Jimmy G was out, that backup quarterback. What was it, Mullins? Was that the guy's name? Yep. That uh, they made him look pedestrian, you know, and they really confused him. And through, it, it's amazing to me how, you know, one little tweak or one little move can throw stuff so far out of whack. 
you know, and then they brought in C.J. Beathard at the end of the game, and he almost rallied them to a win, for God's sakes. NFL football, and specifically the quarterback position, it's amazing to me how quick it can spiral out of control or how quickly it can calm everything, and then you got the mighty momentum behind your side, and you're just rolling to victory. P.T., <laughs> Eagles-Giants, who wins? I have the Eagles winning this one. Uh, I, I don't, and I said win in no cover. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the over under was again, but I, I, I don't. I think I have it like Eagles twenty one seventeen. I think it's close. Eagles twenty one, Giants seventeen. Sports Bash on ninety seven three ESPN. All right, time for One Thought Every Game. NFL insider Casey Joyner going to join us here to give us One Thought Every Game and the matchups to watch on the Eagles and the Giants. Where do the Eagles and Giants match up? They just played a couple of weeks ago. What's different this time around? We'll find out with Casey Joyner from thefootballscientists.com as he joins us here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. This Sunday is going to be amazing, Gil. And it's going to be a Sunday like no other. To celebrate, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of the action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. One thought every game and the matchups to watch. Eagles-Giants Part 2. They just played a couple of weeks ago, so a lot of familiarity, not only because of the division, but also because they just matched up. Let's get some of the matchups to watch in this one with NFL insider Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com. He joins us now on the Sports Bash. Welcome back, Casey. How are you, pal? Hey, good to be here. Well, Eagles-Giants part two here. Now, the Eagles are starting to get a little healthier here. You're going to get Lane Johnson back. We're hoping to see uh, Isaac Sayamalo back out there at left guard. So this might be the best offensive line they've had all season long. So I'm interested to see this Eagles line up against the Giant front. Um, you know, that that last time, it, 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 was, it feels like the Giants' defense did – Hung, that they're getting better is, I guess, is what you're looking at. They don't have like this standout player, but they feel like they're getting better. They do gap control very well. They they're, they're very they they just they're very disciplined defense. You'd expect that from a Joe Judge team. I think it stands out for me for them in the running game is they've allowed 77 or fewer rushing yards to running backs in six of the last seven games. And they played the 49ers. They played the Rams. They played Washington a couple of times. They played the Eagles. They played the Bucks. I mean, these are not pushover teams in the run game. These are solid teams, and yet they're not allowing very big gains. And, again, it's because more that they're disciplined than they are anything else. They're just where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, when you're running at them. You look at uh, the other side, the Eagles' defensive front. We know that's supposed to be their strong suit. The last couple of years, the Giants' offensive line has been a huge problem. Where do you see that matchup? Because the Eagles coming off of a bye, I think the Eagles should hope to dominate that matchup. You would think that they would, and here's the interesting thing is that a lot of times we talk about the Eagles one-gapping and being so aggressive and getting upfield and trying to disrupt the ground game, and they should and they do that sort of thing, but the problem is when they do that, then it's okay. They've got, if, they, if it doesn't work out for them, then the other team gets these big gains, and they, the Eagles do badly on a metric I have called good blocking arch for attempt. They give these huge gains, they get big breakaway gains. For the Giants running game, this is this stat just amazes me. Per pro football reference, I don't think this is going to be a problem for the Eagles this week because per pro football reference, the Giants have rushed the ball 212 times this year. They have four broken tackles in the running game. Four with <laughs> a whole 
season. They just Gallman has 51 carries, has not broken a tackle, and Alfred Morris has one broken tackle in 17 attempts. This is just not a team to where the Eagles can say, "Well, we have our front seven come up. We don't need our safeties to come up here and disrupt the ground game." Because even if the Giants do get some good blocking for them, there's just not going to be breakaways, and I don't think they'll get good blocking on a consistent basis. All right, Carson Wentz has been a problem. Obviously, he's got the buy here. Are there areas that he can attack and get himself right? You know, the first time they played, he was terrible for about a three and a half quarters, and then he played really well in the last six minutes. His big problem this year is accuracy per pro football reference. They've got a metric called on-target pass percentage. He's at 71.1%. It's ranks 29th in the league. It's, it's worse than Sam Darnold. I mean, it's just it's not a good place to be. Where they can attack, though, the Giants have a quarterback named Isaac Yadam. He's their starting left corner. He's questionable to play, might even miss the contest. If he does, he's been terrible in coverage. I would think that Rager would line up against him, but who knows with the, uh, with the Eagles, because now they might have Jeffrey back in this contest. They've got a lot of different options, but he would be somebody they definitely want to go after. They want to avoid James Bradbury. So it might just be where Fulgham doesn't get as many big plays as he would normally get in regular step up. Yeah, that's uh, Fulgham had that one big catch in the game last time they played, and it was when he was not matched up with Bradbury. So we'll see if they can uh, figure out. And then Dallas Goddard back, what he means to this offense. Not to mention Miles Sanders is also uh, going to play. He did not play the first time. It's big for both of them. Sanders is the breakaway threat. Sanders gives them the the, the near double digit blocking arch for a tenth I mentioned before. Scott's been fantastic. He's got great vision, and I still think they should rotate him in there and not try and belt out this thing, make it a lead alternate setup. The Giants, I had them rated as yellow-rated coverage against tight ends, which is down the middle, so I would think they'd do well there. We're one place that they've had some problems, so I just downgraded Logan Ryan, their free safety, uh, from a red-rated free safety, which means you don't really want to throw vertical on his team down to yellow-rated because he's had some struggles of late. So I think that would open some doors to, again, if Rager or if uh, Fulgham's not the one you can get vertical, you can get some other people vertical because the Giants have had some problems. Uh, Casey Joyner looking at the matchups to watch in this game against them. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Sanders back. Boston Scott's had some success against the Giants. How is uh, running the football against this Giant team look? I'd love to see the Eagles be able to do more than some of the basic running schemes they're using. I mean, they'll do a trap on occasion. They do some end around and some trick plays and things. But mostly it's just very basic zone lineups. And I'd like to see them be able to do more things. But when you've got that much offensive line rotation, it's difficult to do the more creative things on there. Again, what I liked about Scott is that he would, if you gave, if he saw certain adjustments in the defense, he would know to cut back and say, okay, well, they've over-adjusted, like they've over-pursued to this side, and he has good vision to go cut back to the other side. A lot of backs can't do that, and he can. Sanders can do that as well, but I'd really, like I said, love to see them rotate the two backs in there and then get Sanders in there later in the game and start to lean on him after you've wore the defense down because don't let Scott's talents go to waste because he's got some skills that are hard to plan for for a defense. Okay, Slayton and Shepard and Ingram. We saw Ingram had a big drop in the game last time. How how does the Eagles' secondary match up there? I would think it looks like Slay, if I, based on my coverage uh, scheme uh, that I've got on my charts, it looks like Slay's going to cover Shepard, or he would be most likely to cover Shepard. Slay, I still have him rated as a red-rated corner. He's had some up-and-down games this year. He's not playing as well as I think a red-rated corner should, but I would think he could slow Shepard down quite well. 
looking at Tate versus Roby Coleman. I mean, Tate's been battling the coaching staff and the administration. I don't think that he'll do much there, so that leaves them one area short there. I do get a little bit concerned about Ingram, but he hasn't shown. He had that that one drop, and he just hasn't shown the ability to be really consistent. If I'm the Giants, it's something that I go after, but I don't see a mismatch for them anywhere in the secondary because i got the Eagles' corners and safeties rated as either yellow or red across the board. Uh, yes, uh, the Eagles' uh, secondary has been better, especially with Slay. They, they seem like, remember, in years past, we would constantly be talking about the X plays and this propensity to give up the big play. They seemingly have fixed that element, especially having Slay back there helps. Yes, it does. And we talked before the season that they went from a more – They've been a safety-centric team where they put a lot of their salary cap dollars into the safety position and said, this is what we're going to make this a strong suit of our defense. And then they they've kind of went more towards, okay, we're going to go corners, which, to be honest, I think is a better approach in a lot of ways. And it has worked. I think that having a depth of quality corners has allowed them to get away with a little, uh, probably a step down and play at the safety position. But, again, the safety position hasn't been a problem for them, and it just gives them more consistency across the board, which is huge. All right. Uh, we'll get your thoughts uh, on this game. Let's first get one thought on every game in week number 10. Here we go as the Eagles get ready to take on the Giants. And then here is your week 10 slate. One thought every game with Casey Joyner. Houston goes to Cleveland. The Eagles will play Cleveland next week. And you would think that Cleveland's going to be coming off of a win against a Houston team that is really struggling, although they beat Jacksonville last week. Houston scored 32 or more points five times this year. They're 5-0 in those games. They've had three games with seven or fewer points. Everything about this contest points towards the 32-plus point kind of game for Cleveland, so I really like them to win this contest. Washington on the road. Detroit is one of those teams that, you know, it's kind of up. They're kind of down. Washington is seemingly always kind of down. Yeah, they are, but they last week they had a season high in passing yards and offensive yards, even with the third-string quarterback. So, I mean, they, they're playing quite well. And I mean, the Lions, they give up 275 rushing yards to the Vikings. They just haven't been very good on the, on against the ground game. I really call this a toss-up game, and I'm picking Detroit, but it, this game could go either way. Jacksonville looks like they're up against it. Green Bay here. The Packers starting to play some better football and can keep piling up some wins with a game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has lost seven straight because they've allowed 27 or more points in seven straight games. They only have seven takeaways all year. They're not going to get takeaways. They're going to give up big points. Luton looked good in his first start. He's a better quarterback than what they had, but I just think Green Bay, I think this is the most confident game of the week. Uh, Tampa blown out last time. Now they got to go on the road. Carolina seemingly is in all their games, but there's just something that they're missing, obviously, uh, with that 3-6 and six record. They're at home here, but do you see Tom Brady losing twice in a row? I don't. So I've, I've been getting so many things from fantasy fans. Like, should we give up on Tom Brady? Should we give up on Tom Brady? I'm like, no, you don't give up on, a, on that type of a player after one bad game. And I, I just, let's not overreact to last week's game. They look terrible. But that's a lot of it had to do with New Orleans. Plus the Panthers, they've been missing Christian McCaffrey. Davis had already been running out of gas before McCaffrey is out. So I'm taking Tampa on this one. All right, Denver going to Vegas. Vegas is in the heart of the playoff mix in that ASC race. If Denver can win this, they would be interesting. They've won three of the last five. The Raiders won three of the last four. These are two. This is a matchup of you know teams on the rise, and the Raiders are getting a lot of ground games. 140 rushing yards and three of those wins, including 369 rushing yards in the past couple weeks. I like that ability to run the ball a lot more than I like the Broncos' offense. Even though the Broncos' offense is doing better, so I'll take Vegas. One thought every game. We're going to Miami, where the Dolphins are in the playoff mix. They look like a different team this year, obviously defense, but. Uh, the the Chargers traveling all the way across the country. They've been close. Is this the week they finally get over the hump? 
they're just not good at those shootout games. We talk all the time about how shootout games are 50 50 propositions, even for the best offenses. They're 1 and 4 in those games this year. Miami has only been in two shootout games, so they're good at not getting into those contests. They also have zero turnovers in four of their last six games, and they're getting a lot of turnovers on defense. So you add that to the long road trip, I'll take the Dolphins. All right, uh, up next we go to Arizona. This one should be fun. It's the Cards taking on the Bills. Buffalo's got to travel to Arizona. Arizona coming off that loss. Bills coming off a big win. It should be a fun game. Arizona's got 400 or more offensive yards in four straight games and six times this year. Normally that's a great achievement for them. It's just a day at the office. Now, Buffalo's been more productive, but teams have figured out how to slow that Bills offense. Uh, Seattle just had a horrible game plan. That's why they didn't do it. But I think the Cardinals will have the better game plan. And I think that the Cardinals offense is just a step above and from a consistency basis, Buffalo. So I'll take Cardinals. All right. Uh, Seattle coming off of a bad loss. They gave up 44. they got to play the Rams now. So is this the start of a slide for the Seahawks. I think that it is because now they've lost. They, they were getting into shootout contest. They've won, uh, I think, five straight. Now they've lost two of the last three because they're getting a lot of turnovers. And the Rams, the Rams, they've got a very good defense. They're second in the league in points allowed per game. And their offense has racked up 400 or more offensive yards in five games. You don't think of them as being a, a high-powered offense anymore, not, at least not what they were, but they're pretty darn close. Because they can play on both sides of the ball better than Seattle, and plus it's at L.A., I'll take the Rams. All right, uh, we go to New Orleans, where the Saints are the one seed in the NSC. San Francisco, all sorts of injury problems. So can they go to New Orleans and knock off the Saints, who have won five straight? It's tough for San Francisco because, I mean, they got a lot of top. Remember, two of their wins are against the New York teams. I mean, they just that that's how bad they've been. They've lost four of their last six, and they, even the wins they had weren't exactly quality wins. Saints are playing nearly perfect, and they, they, they're getting production out of everybody on their roster. When you look at how they distribute their passes and running plays, they're, doing, they're finding ways to get everybody involved. That depth is just going to be too much for San Francisco to handle. All right, uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously still perfect. It feels like one of these weeks they might get knocked off, but is it by the Bengals? The thing about the we talk about this frequently with the Tomlin team is they they Tomlin they play teams that are not as talented. I think they've recognized that Cincinnati is a pretty close talent wise, and it's an AFC North game. I mean that's something the Tomlin's been talking about since early in the week. I'll pick Pittsburgh in this. I think it's going to be close because Cincinnati's got a big play offense, and the Steelers have given up 821 yards to opposing offenses the past two weeks, but. As long as Ben plays, and it looks like he will pass COVID and his knees are okay, as long as he plays the win. If Ben is out, Cincinnati wins. But if Roethlisberger plays, I'll take Steelers. All right, Baltimore goes to New England. This would usually be a marquee, marquee Sunday night game. Not so much with this New England bunch. They are a seven-and-a-half-point underdog at home uh, against this Baltimore team. Baltimore's only thrown for 200 or more net passing yards in like two games this year, yet they're so good on the ground. And New England has allowed 120 more rushing yards in five of the last six games. They've given up 84 points in the past three games. They're just, they're not a good defense. As much as Cam Newton's getting grief for not playing well, or you know, the offense is not playing well, their defense has taken a huge step back. I think Baltimore runs all over them. All right. And then, of course, uh, the Monday night game we will talk about when Casey's back on Monday. You can hear that game right here on 97.3 ESPN. That is Minnesota and Chicago. Let's go back to Philly and the Giants and get your thought on that game. Who wins and why? You know, the Eagles have had all these problems on offense and things, and they've given away all kinds. They've had you know all kinds of turnovers and such, but they've they've scored 22 or more points in six straight games. And the Giants, I don't think they could test that secondary very well. They 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 might be able to run the ball a little bit better, but as I said, they don't have any breakaway ability. They don't have any guys who can break tackles. I think the problem for them, although the biggest problem, is Jones turns the ball over as much as Wentz. 
because they don't have they have the edge there in turnovers, I would necessarily pick the Giants. Because I think the Eagles will at least be even and maybe even better in that category, I'll take the Eagles. All right, Eagles on the road. Casey Joyner likes the Birds to win this game. Of course, you can hear it. 1 o'clock Sunday here on 97.3 ESPN. Merrill Reese, Mike Quick, they have the call. Keep it locked for all the coverage right here on 97.3 ESPN. And Casey Joyner is back on Monday to recap one thought on all of these Week 10 games. And he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Casey, enjoy. Thanks, Mike. All right, he's back, of course, on the Monday show, as we said. And now we break it down for ourselves. We got all the insight. We got all the analysis. Sal Powell, Jeff Mosher, Jordan Ronan, Casey Joyner. It's time for us to break down this game and give you our pick for Eagles and Giants. I'm going to stay with what I believed it was going to be all week long. I am feeling more optimistic based off of the sharp money. I'm not going to lie. And it, it does impact where I put the score at, but I'm going to keep it this way, even though I am feeling better about it. 20 to 17, Eagles. 20 to 17, so a closey. Close game. The spread was, what, three and a half, and it was moved to four? I guess it's in that area, depending on what book you're using. So I am in the category of Eagles win, but do not cover when it comes to the poll question. So twenty to seventeen. Yeah, let's update that poll question real quick. Um, I do feel better than what I'm putting down, but I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to move from my guns. I'm going to stick with my guns and stay here. Eagles fans, how you feeling about this game at nine seven three ESPN? Eagles win. Eagles win and cover. Giants win. Sixty percent Eagles win. Twenty six percent Eagles win and cover. 13% Giants win. So I'm in the Eagles win category. I got Eagles 27, Giants 16. Okay, so that's a that's a nice victory. It's a nice victory, unless it's like a late touchdown that puts you in that situation where it would have been, what, 2016, and then the Eagles score a late touchdown. Maybe that's how it goes. I feel good, and not only I feel good, I feel like if they get this win with Cleveland on deck, I think you're starting to see a healthy team, and I think I'm in the minority here, that think that they're about ready to start playing some better football. We have seen better football from this team in the second half of seasons. I think the health has been a big problem here, and I think that they will win this game and you will see. Now, that five-game stretch coming up, I'm starting to feel like they can get two of those five and that you might see a team get to seven, eight wins and you know probably make the playoffs. I think it's fair to be optimistic because of the health reasons and for getting people back. That definitely adds value to the team playing better. I'm just at the point now where just show me it. Show me it and yeah. I'll start believing. We haven't seen a good win yet, as PT stated. If this Giants win is a good win and they look good, they look smooth, they look in rhythm, maybe I will feel more optimistic about that five-game stretch. But I haven't seen that yet. They have not played a very good start-to-finish game. That's for sure. But I think you're going to see the makings of a team starting to get more consistent. And because of the injuries, kind of finally getting guys back. I think, Doug, you heard him have a little pep in his voice today about getting these guys back. Hey, we're not all the way there yet, but, yeah, it's nice to have some of these guys back. I can tell you that much. Missing Nate Gary still. <laughs> yeah, no no Nate Gary this week, thankfully. 
Uh, Lane Johnson looks like he's going to play. Miles Sanders looks like he's going to play. Alshon Jeffrey will be back. Don't know how he's going to be used. Uh, I don't know about Isaac Sayamala, but there's a good shot that he's back out there. So you would have Peters, Sayamala, Kelsey, Herbig, Lane Johnson. That's your best offensive line you've had since really last year, I guess the playoff game last year, although Brandon Brooks didn't play in that game. It's crazy to think that Matt Pryor played in a playoff game, and, and he was pretty solid, right? Yeah, he didn't play bad in that Can't game. Can't even get on the field really now. Sports Best brought to you by East Coast Roofing Siding Windows, serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up. Visit online, eastcoastroofing.com. All right, time for the five questions to wrap up the show. Jersey's fastest way to win has fast-rolling jackpot that grows until it's won. Play fast for your chance to win big with Fast Play Progressive from the New Jersey Lottery because anything can happen in Jersey. Who will have more rushing yards, Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? You would think it would be Daniel Jones, but Wentz has been using yeah, his no, legs Wentz more this year. Yeah, no, Wentz has been uh, getting out of there. Yeah. Other than the 80-yard run that uh, Jones had. Maybe Wentz goes for 80. I'll go Wentz. Okay. How about that? Love to see that. Will Brandon Graham record a sack? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, he needs to, by the way. Like, not that he needs to get one every single game, but this is the kind of game where he has to be a big factor. Him, Fletcher Cox, although that whole Fletcher Cox thing where he didn't practice today because of uh, a non-COVID related injury uh, illness but him Fletcher Hargrave I mean they have the ability to really I think if the, if the Eagles need to win this game we need to be talking on Monday about that unit I was waiting to see when we had Mo Sean if I when I said like hey if the Eagles are going to win they will do blank I thought maybe he would bring up that defensive line because I'm on the same page as you that defensive line obviously the easy answer is Carson Wentz can't be the worst quarterback in football but outside of that I thought defensive line is is the way you got to win this one you know this year no question they have to win up front will especially against this team oh no doubt yeah the matchup is there for them will Daniel Jones throw an interception uh, he better. I mean, again, the defensive line needs to make him, force him to make mistakes. So, yeah. Maybe it's a fumble, though, you know. I'll go. He will throw an interception. And just for fun, who do you think picks it off? Roddy McLeod. I want to see. Mills. Um, Maybe it's a big man up front. No. It's Will Parks. Okay. They're trying to force it to Ingram. I'm thinking Fletch gets his hand on it. Brandon Graham catches it, runs it to the house. I don't see that happening. Me neither. Miles Sanders, will he score a rushing touchdown? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I, I, I want to see the Eagles get him back to being a big part of this team. Can we get that for us one time? Just one time. Just once. Just be the guy. You know, like, when the Patriots get the ball inside the two, you know what's happening. They're going to have Cam Newton run the same play every time. That's what I want the Eagles to do. Get to the point where they know you're turning around and handing it off to Sanders because you can't stop him. Do you think Jason Peters will play every snap? <laughs> Poor guy. It's like everybody just, it's like a rite of passage that they don't think it's he will. It's a reasonable question, though. It is. You never know what can happen. I mean... Myelotta slides on over to the left side. 
Yeah, well, that, the question should be, is Lane Johnson going to make it? That's true. I mean, he is playing, it looks like, this week. But uh, he said he had his ankle drained again this week. So he could miss some snaps, too. I would say Peters, I'll go yes, Peters makes it through every single snap. I'm almost feeling like Lane Johnson should take this week off and put Mylotto or Driscoll over there because long-term, if I want to look at this long-term, you got to give this guy some rest. The more he keeps playing on it, we're going to keep having these issues. He's been rested for two weeks. He didn't play last week. He didn't play the week before. Well, clearly the injury is significant enough or maybe it's more than a two-week process. All right. Eagles 27-16. That's my pick. We'll be back on Monday to recap it all. Doug Peterson Presser is on Monday. Grayson's grades. Andrew DeCecco. Casey Joyner, busy show. Good show today. Thanks to Sal Palantonio, Jeff Mosher, Jordan Ronan, Chad Millman, Casey Joyner, and the PT. For all those interviews, go to 973ESPN.com.